Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Hooked on Homeschool. I'm excited to introduce you to Monica. She is actually the founder and creator of an amazing company called The Etiquette Factory. This will teach your child how to have great and proper etiquette for all those things that we want to teach our children. We seem to do it in the moment and we don't actually do it as a class that we should actually sit down and teach them. She has an amazing way that she teaches your child how to learn etiquette from everything of family loyalty, personal space, uh, being in the playground. How about with your phone and texting and when you're going out to a buffet, how about eating? Just all these different things that we don't even think about that she has created, put in these amazing courses. She even has monthly courses for the little ones. I'm so excited to be interviewing her today. She has a wealth of knowledge that she is going to share with us to teach us how we can teach our children how to have the best etiquette. So I'm excited to have Miss Monica on our show today. Hi friends, are you ready to homeschool, but you're just not sure how to begin? Do you feel overwhelmed or frustrated with the public school and noticing that your child is constantly struggling or falling behind? Are you ready to say goodbye to that hectic and stressful weekday schedule and embrace a completely different approach? Do you find that your child is exhausted from those long days at school, followed by hours of homework at night? And are you constantly experiencing stress and overwhelm as a result? I'm here to share some great news with you. There is a better way, and it's called homeschooling. Experience quiet and peaceful mornings again. How about instilling a sense of joy and excitement for learning in your child? Witness their true passions unfold as you go on this fulfilling journey together. Welcome to Hooked on Homeschool. I am Dawn Janowitz, a homeschool mom, wife, podcaster, and online course creator. And I want to give you the clarity, the confidence, the freedom, and all the strategies to show you that it is possible to create an amazing homeschool experience that works for both you and your kids. So come on, ladies, let's go from hot mess express to fierce and fun, and let's get hooked on homeschool. Hey, Monica, how are you today? I am so good, and I am so pleased to be here with you. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for our discussion. Yes, absolutely. So I uh, had met your husband, and as soon as I saw the sign that said the Etiquette Factory, it really drew me in because I think that if you don't have the proper etiquette, right, if you don't know how to make other people feel good and really understand other people's needs, it's really hard to connect with other people. So there's, there's almost like a foundation, right? So if you can explain to us, first of all, you homeschooled, you have children, and then what the etiquette factory is. So just kind of give us a little bit of history about everything. Well, I would love to. Thank you. So how it started was years ago, I was homeschooling our youngest son and we were studying the life of George Washington, our first president. And as we were studying his life, I stumbled upon this list. It's called George Washington's list of civility and decent behavior. And many people are familiar with this list, but basically when President Washington was about 13 years old, he was being tutored at the time and his tutor was encouraging him to learn and study chivalry because chivalry used to be part of your formal education. 
And so all that we do know is that President Washington found this uh, French book and he copied out of this book 110 chivalry rules. And in his diary, he said he put that he put these rules to memory. And we know this because there's a copy of these chivalry rules in his handwriting in the Smithsonian. Well, when I started reading these 110 chivalry skills, I just, my heart was touched. Now I know it was a God thing, but my heart was touched. And I was like, wow, these are so beautiful. What if I could get my boys, I've got three boys. What if I could get them to memorize one etiquette skill a week, kind of like we get our kids to memorize scripture? You know, maybe that would be profoundly important for them and help them as they go through life. Well, so that's what we started doing. We started trying to memorize these chivalry skills. But because our English today is so poor compared to English of old, we were struggling with the wording of these skills. We were having to look up some words. And as our kids were trying to memorize them, they were struggling. I said, you know what, boys, I'm just going to make a modern day version. I'm going to just make our own list that would uh, that we could memorize one a week. And so that's what I did originally. And that list is what started me on the path to my company, The Etiquette Factory. What was amazing to me, really the light bulb moment, is when we started making manners part of our school day, I immediately noticed a change in behavior. And then it's when I realized that most of us, all of us parents, you know, when do we typically teach manners? We typically teach it in the moment. Our child says something or does something that's not particularly appropriate. And you and I are going, oh, honey, no, honey, you can't say that. That's not very polite. Or, honey, you can't do that because that might offend someone. And so usually when we're teaching these skills, it's always right when our child did something wrong and we're trying to correct them. And what I have learned is that during a correction is not the optimal time for children to absorb new information. And so when we can talk about and teach one skill during the school day when no one's in trouble, when our children's hearts are a little softer, then they are more apt to absorb that information. And honestly, it changes everything. That is so great. I think that what you have done is really amazing. And I really don't even think there's a whole lot of their a lot of this out there. And that's so true. I always hear parents, like if an adult gives a child something, the child doesn't even have a chance to say thank you before the parent is saying, say thank you. And so we we want our kids to have manners and we want them to be respectful, but we don't take the time to like make it a class or to have them learn about it, right? So this is a whole new thing. So go ahead and talk a little bit about what your program is and how it works. Yes, I would love to. And so let me give you a little history on just the meaning of etiquette to us at the Etiquette Factory. So for us, the definition of etiquette, so manner, chivalry, etiquette, it all means the same thing, is etiquette is helping those around us to feel valued and to feel comfortable. Now, since so many people are, when they think of manners, they think of table manners. I'm going to just give you an example of table manners although there's so many other areas that this affects our life. But for instance, if I was to come to your home and sit down and have dinner with your family, 
and I started eating like a pig. I started just wolfing my food down. I started chewing with my mouth open, maybe making a weird noise with my tongue. Or maybe I ate so quickly that by the time you were on your second or third bite of food, I had already cleared my plate and was ready to get up and wanted to get up and leave. Any of those behaviors, I would be sending a message to you and your family that I was there for one person and one person only, and that would be myself. I wasn't really there to reconnect with my friends, to see how your day was going. I was just there to fill up my belly and leave. I didn't care about whether I grossed you out. I didn't care whether I hurt your feelings that I ate so fast and got up and left that it it showed you, it sent you a message that I really didn't care to uh, have a conversation with you. So when you really look at it through that lens, it's such a selfish behavior. So often when people hear me do a class on raising girls to be ladies, raising boys to be gentlemen, they will hear me go through behaviors And it's like a light bulb moment for them where they go, oh, yeah, you know, I have a family member who does that or I know someone who does that and I've never felt good. That's always made me feel kind of yucky inside, but I've never connected it with manners. And so I sometimes people will look at, you know, they'll walk by my booth at a homeschool convention and go, oh, we got to just focus on the core curriculum this year. We, we don't really have time for extras. And I'm like, you all, this is not extra. This is core. If you do not get this right, then nothing else is going to really fall into place like you want. To me, etiquette is the gospel of Jesus Christ in action. It's teaching people to love one another, to care about one another. And so what we do is we teach families etiquette. We have our pre-K through third grade program is called Fundamentals for Kids. And so basically, it's so fun. It's a series of these 12 different boxes. And each box is dedicated to an etiquette skill. Like we have a box all about table manners, but we have a box that's all about introductions and greetings or the five steps to a sincere apology or how to accept being told no respectfully, and why it's polite to clean up after ourselves. You see, when we teach kids manners, we really, really think the most important thing we can do is teach the heart issue. Because unless children understand the heart issue, I believe there's little motivation to complete the manner skill. Let me give you an example. For instance, when I'm teaching children why it's polite to clean up after themselves, one of my favorite uh, products in the box are a set of flashcards. And what happens is you show your children a flashcard, a picture on the front of the flashcard, and on the back are some questions. Well, I show the children on one flashcard, there's a mom looking kind of tired washing dishes. And she's got a whole pile of dirty dishes in the sink. And beside her is her son a young boy, and he's he actually has brought his plate to the sink. And he says, hey, mom, I'm going to go outside and play. And on the back, the questions are things like, why do you think this mom is feeling underappreciated? 
What message did this boy send to his mom by not asking if he could help wash dishes? Why do you think this mom sometimes feels that her family does not appreciate the time that she takes to keep a clean home? You know, so often how we handle this situation in our home is we go, kids, get in here and get your plates off the table. You know, clear your plates. And that typically is how we teach. Or we walk into the bathroom and we see a wet towel or dirty clothes on the floor and we're like, you know, honey, get in here and get your towel off the floor. But what we don't realize is the effect it would have on our children when we sat them down and said, let's imagine that I come into your room and I just dump my dirty clothes basket in your floor. How would that make you feel about whether or not I respected your space or the time that it would take you to clean up my mess? Do you think it would be fair if I just expected you to wash all of my dirty clothes? And so, you know, when you're sitting down with your children and having these discussions, all of our children mostly are going to understand the process, the thought that we're trying to teach. And so what our curriculum does is it prompts, it triggers a conversation between a parent and a child outside of when the moment just happened. And so each of these fun little boxes triggers about 50 conversations. I'll give you one last example. Every box has a board game. And in the first box, it's a story about Rose and Sean. And Sean is this little boy, kind of like a Tarzan character who got lost in the jungle. He's been hanging out with the ape too long. And so his manners are terrible. So you draw a game question and a question says, when Rose and Sean were talking at their first manners lesson, Rose noticed that Sean had really bad breath. What should she do? So A, excuse me, did you know your breath smelled like dead fish and old bananas? B, you could say, oh, I can see that no one has ever taught you how to brush your teeth. Or C, she should say nothing because it's not polite to point out other people's poor hygiene. So, of course, the answer is C. But, you know, when do we typically teach that principle to our children? Well, usually right after they have told someone that they stink or smell bad, and then you're going, oh, honey, no, you can't say that to people. And so I'm trying to trigger that conversation between you and your child so you all can sit there and go, well, who is allowed to tell you it's time for a bath? Well, that would be mom and dad, or who is allowed to tell you it's time to brush your teeth? And so it gives you and your children an opportunity to discuss these principles once again, outside of being in the moment. So that's level one. And then I think, Dawn, you have just recently purchased level two. And level two is so fun. It's for kids ages like nine to 18. And basically, it's called Life Skills Essentials. And it's 142 lessons that are only three minutes long. So that's how why it's so awesome, because it's so simple. So basically, you and your children sit down and watch a three-minute lesson. After you watch the lesson, there are three discussion questions that you and your children can discuss. I'm just trying to get you to talk about it a little bit more. 
And then at some point during the day, your child will answer their three homework questions. The course even comes with a midterm and a final exam because your children can count this course as a half a credit of life skills if they complete the homework and the midterm and the final exam. But the bottom line is, once again, I'm just trying to get your family to discuss the why behind these skills and do it in a really fun way. What's fun about these videos, the little three-minute lessons, is most of the lessons have an example of kids doing it the wrong way and the right way. So that's just really effective. Hi, friends. Are you wanting to homeschool, but you just don't even know where to start? If so, I have got some exciting news to share with you. Did you know that I have a free workshop that will help you get started with homeschooling? Plus, I'll give you valuable tips and insights to help guide you along the way. I invite you to visit Hooked on Homeschool, where I'll teach you how to create an amazing homeschool experience right now. Take this first step towards the incredible journey of homeschooling by visiting hookedonhomeschool.com. Yeah, they, they actually get to see it because they're seeing it almost like it's from a different lens. And I, I love how it's set up to where you talk about it and then they can see that this is the wrong way to do it. And it's all about making the other person feel, like you said, comfortable and valuable. And because a lot of kids are all about all about me, right? They, they, they don't really think of what about that person? Why am I saying please? Why am I saying thank you? They know they like it when people say it to them, right? So like if my three-year-old accidentally kicks my seven-year-old and my seven-year-old's like, he didn't say his, he's sorry. They, they know they want that. They want to feel that from them, but they don't know how to give it. And you're right. We always do it as a reactionary. Like you need to help do the dishes. You need to help do this. And even though the mom might say, it's okay, honey, I can do the dishes, at least the child offering to help is such a unique skill and such a great thing for them to see that when other people need help, to step up and to help them. Yes. You know, everything we teach is is always trying to get the kids to have an outward approach to life. And so let me give you an example. So this is a skill that I teach the kids. I teach parents. So it's called the stand-up skill. You know, when I talk to parents, of course, they want to raise honorable boys and girls. And we don't hear the word honor like we used to. But what does it mean to live with honor? How do you raise an honorable young man? Well, in order to raise honorable children, they have to do honorable things. And the thing that is 100% every time is that you cannot do something honorable unless there's some level of sacrifice. And sometimes what's happening in our society is our society continues to strip away opportunities for our children to sacrifice. So as an example, imagine that we were at an event and the American flag was brought into the event. What would we all do if we were seated? We would go into the standing position, right? And we do that because of the respect that we have for what that flag represents. And that's a stand-up skill. Well, so how might we use the stand-up skill in our family? 
Well, imagine that mom or dad hollers to the family, hey, family, it's time to eat dinner. Well, the family comes to the table and everyone stands behind their chair and no one takes their seat until mom or the cook or the host has sat down. Why would we want our kids to do that? Well, because it's this tiny, little, small way that our children can show their respect for their mother or whoever cooked dinner and the time and sacrifice it took for them to cook and prepare this meal. And then everyone at the table, all of the gentlemen continue to stand until every lady has sat down. That means that your five-year-old son is standing for his 14-year-old sister. Now, I get parents that go, Monica, I don't need my kids to stand for me. And I'm like, don't you realize that it's really not for you? It's for them. You cannot raise honorable, selfless children unless they practice being selfless. And then my next question is, The last time your family, and I'm speaking to the audience, had a family dinner, Easter, maybe you just had a Sunday dinner, who were the first people that typically today get to have their plates prepared first? Who literally sits down to eat first? And 98% of the time today, when I ask that question into a crowd of parents, they will all tell me the kids. We prepare the kids. We let the kids go first. We can get the kids all situated, make sure they have their food and their drink and everything they need so that us parents can now sit down and enjoy our meal, maybe without being interrupted. And I'm like, so parents, so you're going to let your children be served before their grandmother, before their grandmother who spends two weeks preparing Thanksgiving dinner. And then you're going to let them fix their plates before her? Are you crazy? You the same adults that want to walk around this earth complaining about this entitled generation? Did you know that entitlement is a learned behavior? Do you really want to raise children that assume they're first? But that's what our society is doing today. We're complaining that our children seem to assume that they're first, yet we keep putting them first. We're doing it to them and it's hurting our children. And parents have asked me, well, so does that mean my kids are always last? Yes, actually it does. What it means, and if their grandmother says, oh no, Monica, you let those kids go first, then your kids are going to learn how to respond to grandma or aunt June. They're going to say, grandma, I love you too much to ever serve myself before you. I cannot put myself before you. Please, Grandma, after you. Now, I tell my kids, no, you're not going to get in an argument with Grandma, but you're going to, and are there times where your kids and you are going to fix your plates together? Yes. It's just, I know what today it looks like. I know the last time you're at church and your church has a potluck, And right after the amen is said, it's like a herd of wild beasts running towards the buffet line and everyone's kids and teenagers are are in the front of the line piling five cookies on their plates. Parents are just standing around talking at one another, oblivious to this behavior. 
and Don, we've got to do better. It's not okay. And it's hurting our children when we allow this behavior. Now, the beauty of this is that I already know what will happen in a home that starts practicing these skills. I know that the love between parents and children and between spouses will increase because every time my husband or my children will not take their seat before me, if you don't think it makes me go, I love this man, I love these boys, it just increases your appreciation for each other. And then we teach our girls and we teach children and we teach those who someone stands for them to look at them, look them in the eye and say, thank you so much. That means so much to me that you stood for me or that you opened the door for me or whatever the, the considerate um, skill is. Yeah, I really like that. But it's so true. Like out of the 142 lessons that are in the one that my son is doing, even if he can get some of them and and understand that there's a common theme, right, amongst all of them, is to put others first. Think of other people before you think of yourself. And it'll reciprocate in the end because people will see what a great person you are. So it's not like if someone's listening to this saying, oh, I could never do that. I like to get my kids eating first and out of the way. We get that, but if they just understand that, hey, listen, we should really go first, but I'm going to allow you. So maybe if we preface it or something, but it makes sense because I've never even heard really that before. And I think it's not being passed down generation to generation is probably what's happening. We've lost the thing that you talked about, the chivalry thing. It's in the Smithsonian. (laughs) Well, and I, I find it fascinating. It's like, is there a parent seriously on this planet that doesn't want their kids to be kind. You know, so if you've got all of these millions and billions of parents on the earth who want their children to be kind, good people, why are we living in a less kind society? Like, what's the problem? And I'm like, y'all, it's because we've stopped teaching the skills of kindness. Like you might, all of us, I think most of us wake up every day with every intention of being kind. But what I have learned is that there's some skills involved. And the more skills of kindness we teach our children, it helps them put put their heart's desire into practice. For instance, you know, maybe we're at the grocery store and we're getting ready to go through the checkout line. Well, what a good parent trying to raise honorable children would do is reach down and go, oh, kids, hey, remember, what are we about to do? We're about to go through the checkout line. So what are we all going to do? And your kids, because they've been taught, they're going to go, oh, mom, we're all going to greet the cashier. Why? Well, because when we all greet the cashier like, oh, good morning. Oh, how are you today? It's nice to see you. It sends a message to that cashier that I see you and you matter. And I appreciate your kindness and I appreciate your hard work. But today, that's not how we live. Mom is standing there uh, scrolling on her social media. The kids are obsessed with the candy. Mom, can I have this? Mom, what about this? What about this? It's all so self-absorbed. And so the thing is, is we have to train ourselves and our children to walk around this earth with our eyes open. Literally, we're walking around, scanning the room, going, who needs me? Who needs my smile? Who needs a hello? What mom needs a third hand? 
And what we forget is that when we start to live like that, you all, we live a happier life. Your children, we have so many kids today walking around with self-loathing feelings, with feelings of low self-worth, low self-esteem. And I'm like, if we could get our children to start looking outward and and to stop always being so consumed with what do I need? What do I feel? What do I want? It will change their level of joy in their life. It's so true. It's like if someone was going to school and they looked unhappy, most people would just leave them alone. But if your child actually went up to that person and said, hey, I notice you don't look happy today. And that, you know, it could actually change their day by someone noticing that someone is different that day or or when in anything, anywhere we go. And that's what's so great when you homeschool, because if you had your child study this and do these lessons, if they were going to school seven hours and they come home and they got homework, they're going to be like, mom, I don't want to do all that stuff. But when you homeschool, you actually can start your day off with this. You can actually create this in your own curriculum. And like you said, people would pass saying, I'm doing my core curriculum. Well, if etiquette is not in your core curriculum, what does it matter? What does it matter if your child has a job, but doesn't know how to be nice to people or is miserable or doesn't know how to make other people feel better? It's so true that this is such an important thing. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here. I really love the program that you have. I looked through all of the 142. You even have like dating. You have how etiquette during teenage dating and how to tie a tie and all these things that I think that parents have forgotten how to teach because we're not around it every single day like maybe our grandparents or our parents were. Well, yes. And so we do have a book called, what is it called? <laughs> I just forgot the name of my own book. That's scary. But it's it's creating a family plan for courtship and dating. And so we, of course, approach that from a biblical point of view But the truth is, the reason I wrote that book is because I find with so many Christian homes, conservative homes, that their children leave home, like when they're 18, regardless of where they go uh, when they graduate high school, with little to no experience dating or courting. So they've been taught the biblical principle. They have their goals. they, They know what they want. They think they know what they don't want. But I don't think we do a good enough job. Well, how do you get there? One of the most common, like the number one activity at any college campus, including conservative Christian college campuses, is boys and girls will go, hey, you want to come over and watch a movie tonight? Why? Because, well, they don't know what else to do. It's free. There couldn't be anything more dangerous for a boy and girl who kind of like each other to do, but to go hang out at each other's apartment watching a movie. And I'm like, but we haven't taught them how do you create a wholesome, honorable activity with someone of the opposite sex? You know, what does that look like? What's a gentleman's role? What's a lady's role? And so we go through lots of examples. I'll give you an example. So my one son calls me up from college. So for us, a date is just a well-planned activity with someone building a friendship and everyone has their own definitions, but that's what it meant in our home. And so my son's a freshman at college. He calls me up, mom, I've got to tell you about this awesome date I had tonight. I go, well, tell me. 
He goes, well, me and my roommate took these two girls out. It was the first time, first date for both of us. And it was just so awesome. So we took them to Walmart. And I'm like, seriously, son, have I not taught you anything? I'm the etiquette lady. And you took a first date to Walmart. He's like, no, mom, wait, listen. He says, mom, we took them to Walmart and both couples got a cart. And then we timed it. We had 30 minutes to go into Walmart and pick 30 random items off the shelf. So it was a minute per item. And then we had to meet back at the front door. And then we swapped carts. And then both couples, it was a race to go put those 30 items back exactly where they went. You weren't allowed to ask for any help. And then whoever got to the front door first won. And of course, me and my date won because we had the most random items that we made them put back. And they were, and I'm like, well, I'm surprised Walmart security didn't kick you out of Walmart for running around like crazy people. But they were in Walmart for over an hour and a half laughing and carrying on. But the thing is, you all, that takes some practice. Like you have to teach your children how to create those kind of activities. They left Walmart and went and got sodas. And so it, I taught, we taught our kids about how do you create wholesome, fun activities where you can try on someone's personality and you're going to have a lot of laughs and you don't have to worry about the awkward silence because the activity is going to be very well planned. And so while our children are in our home before they leave us, that is the time to teach these things. I'll tell you far as far as the stand-up skill, one other little comment from the same child. So we live on the East Coast. He went out West to school, to college. He calls me up one night. He's like, hey, mom, okay. Mom, I'm going to thank you for the stand-up skill. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm glad to finally be thanked for that. So how come you're thanking me? He's like, mom, you would not believe the attention I'm getting from the ladies. I'm like the only guy that stands for ladies and it is helping me so much. And of course, I'm like, I'm so glad to help you with that, son. So there are payoffs, you all. But ultimately, when we teach these skills, we're trying to get at the heart issue. Because if, if your kids just see manners as stop chewing with your mouth open, could you could you sit still? Could you put They're not gonna like it. No, they're gonna hate manners and they feel like it's just they're being fussed at. And that's not motivation to want to practice these skills in their life. If they actually feel like it's actually doing something as you teach it, it'll make them want to do it. If if my son is around three girls and he like pulls the chair out for them, oh my gosh, that that right there, I mean, he would be like, every lady would be like, wow, did you see what, uh, you know, Asher did? I mean, these little things that we've like opening a car door, I mean, just these little things to show. And it, it, you're right. It's not about us. It's about respecting them and, and doing it for them, showing them that they're worth it. So this is so great. I, I am so glad that I came across your booth and your company and that I bought your products. I'm so excited to go through them with my son, you know, go through the questions. I don't think he's as excited as I am, but I know that he was okay with doing it and he liked it. And when I giggled, he's, you know, he'll be 14 next week. And when I said, oh, Asher, look, when we get to the dating one, you know, he just like rolled his eyes because we're not even there yet. But if I can just teach him those little things now, 
how amazing that will be as it gets older. And then I have a seven-year-old and I'm excited to go through the programs with her because you also have the monthly kits, right? Like where they come to each month. So everybody go on the website, theetiquettefactory.com. She's got a lot of great programs, different things for different ages, a lot of different things. And and if you could just do a handful of these, I mean, out of 142 different etiquette styles, if you could just get half of those to your child and you learn them with your kid, do them with your kid so you can learn as well, because how can, what if your child knows them and then you don't, you're, you're not going to be able to reinforce that. And then your child actually might be calling you out saying, mom, that's not right. You're not supposed to do that. So this was so amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. You're so welcome. Is there anything else you'd like to share about your company before we go? I just appreciate it. We do have a podcast. You'll find the podcast on our website as well. So yeah. Yeah, there's some great topics on there. So definitely check that out. Awesome. That's the etiquettefactory.com with Monica. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day. Hi, friend. Before you go, I want to thank you for listening. And if you found this podcast helpful, I would truly be grateful if you could just take a moment and leave me a five-star review. Your review will help me improve and reach more listeners who could benefit from homeschooling. Until next time, keep exploring and discovering new ways to make your homeschooling a fun and enjoyable experience. Happy homeschooling! Happy homeschooling!